Hello and welcome to the Father's House Church. We're so glad that you're here. We hope that you're encouraged by today's message from our lead pastor, Greg Fraser. Well, baptism, uh, I love these services. And you guys that are about to share, I don't want you to be in any way nervous because I'm going to tell you, the things that you're going to share are going to encourage people. They're going to bless people. And they're going to help them to realize that they can do what you're doing as well. What's the significance of baptism? And I often start just by saying, you know, uh, why would people make such a public uh, declaration of, uh, of themselves and really a public spectacle? I mean, what in the world kind of church is this that people are getting dunked in a tank that looks like a coffin? And, uh, but funny you should say that. It's kind of what it's all about. And really, what I want you to know is that these people have entered into a relationship with God. Something has changed in their life, and that is what they are celebrating and, and really wanting you to understand and experience. They've walked through a door into a new world. And, and I love this scripture in Romans chapter 6. It really tells us what baptism is all about. Let me read it to you. It says, this is what happens in baptism. When we went under the water... We left the old country of sin behind. When we come up out of the water, we enter into a new country of grace, a new life in a new land. That's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we are lowered into the water, it's like the burial of Jesus. When we are raised up out of the water, it is like the resurrection of Jesus. So he becomes the door. Really, this is a celebration of that door that is Christ. And it's the door of the blessing that God intends for every single human being. Moving from death to life. And the symbolism of going down and burying our old life and saying, I'm making a change and I'm changing and I'm following God is really what we're talking about. It's celebrating the fact that these people that are about to be baptized have been cleansed from a thing called sin. And sin is not that complicated to understand. We all get it. It means those things that we do from a self-centered perspective. And uh, I enter into this life and I try to live this life without God's help. And I encounter this thing called sin. And so the burial of sin, the cleansing of sin is part of the celebration that these people are entering into. It's celebrating becoming part of the family of God. And I think that everybody in this room that has ever made a commitment to Jesus Christ we comes to this point of public declaration. That's part of baptism is just celebrating and saying, hey, I was, I've, I've left an old way of living and I'm coming into this new way of living, this life with God. And it's also celebrating the fact that God takes us right where we're at. He doesn't ask us to fix things before coming to him. He says, come just as you are. I will jump into the pool of your life and I will help you to take the next step and the next step and the next step. And that's a lifelong journey that these people are celebrating together today. 
And so you're going to hear their story a little bit. And, uh, you know, just pray for them because it is a bit nerve-wracking to get up here. Apparently, I read a statistic that a public speaking is more scary than death for some people. I can't figure that one out, but <laughs> apparently they asked that question. And I, but you guys, you are, you are overcomers, and you are going to do awesome. We're so excited for you, and uh, we're so thankful. You are the pastor and the message that's about to be shared. So, Father God, thank you for everybody gathered here today. I pray that every single person in this room will be open to hear not just the stories and the testimonies of these people, but to hear from your Holy Spirit that you have opened a door to life for them as well. And so we bless this group of people with courage and confidence and peace as they share the story of how Christ has changed their life. Pastor Peter's going to come and lead this next service, part of the service. Amen. Awesome. Well, uh, we have generations of people being baptized today. We are starting off with a, a gal that was raised in our, youth, or our kids' ministry here at the Father's House. So, London, London Wood, come on up. Give her a hand as she comes. <laughs> And mom is with her. Do you want to come right over here, mom? Yeah, welcome, mom, as well, Kim. Awesome. Amen. Are you, how are you feeling? Feeling good? Doing okay? All right. You go for it. I grew up in a family that went to church every Sunday, so God was always there. My mom, whenever I wasn't feeling 100%, would be there to comfort me and pray for me. I have a small baby blanket with a bunny attached to the corner, and if you squish it, it says a nighttime prayer that my Omi taught me. As a child, I would use this constantly to com for comfort, and it guided me through some teary nights. As I got older, my parents' jobs didn't allow us to attend to, attend to church regularly, so we attended less and less. But after the summer, if my parents couldn't go, I'd find a ride so I could go. I joined the worship team for youth and discovered I loved talking to God through singing. When I told my mom I wanted to get baptized, she challenged me to learn what the meaning behind the choice really means. At the time, I couldn't answer her question, so, baptized, so getting baptized drifted into the back of my mind. Then, one night at youth, one of the girls in my group said she wanted to get baptized. So I started to think about the question again. 2022 gave me so many challenges. It gave me joy and pain. And at times, I doubted myself and God. But then summer came. I went to youth every week with all my friends. We dove deeper into our faith and opened our hearts more and more to God. Watching April get baptized was the first time I really thought about my faith and my path with God and how far I'd come. I realized that I wanted to take a leap like never before. I talked with my mom, and what I believe it means to get baptized is putting your trust into someone who will never break it. 
Practicing it, however, was a little hard because I put my faith and my trust in people's hands and they've broken it. Now I know that God will put every piece of my trust and my faith back together because he doesn't break the things, he fixes them. A verse that has always been close to my heart and helps remind me how and why to trust in God is First Corinthians 13. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it takes no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice in injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Amen. All right. How's that for a line, church? Putting your trust in someone who will never break it. I believe that is for somebody this morning. That was a good word, London. So uh, we asked London which of our pastors could baptize her today, and Stacy has had an awesome impact on London's life. And so Pastor Stacy, why don't you go ahead and baptize? Awesome. Well, Lennon, have you believed in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and do you desire to live with him and for him for the rest of your life? Yes. Then upon confession of your faith, I baptize you into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, having been buried with him and raised to a new life. Amen. Awesome. Good job, London. Fantastic. All right, Lachlan Mahoney, come on up. Lachlan, yeah. <clears throat> this is Lachlan. Clearly, he is almost as tall as Pastor Peter. Almost. Oh, what do you think? Yeah, okay. <laughs> You're awesome, buddy. Awesome. Why don't you go ahead, Lachlan, and share your testimony with us? All right, then. My life before I gave myself to God was normal. I had some ups and downs, but normal for a kid. And this opportunity is a chance for all of my sins to be forgiven. After I give myself to Christ, I'm going to be a new man, though I'm still going to make mistakes and try my hardest to be better as a human. Other people can do this. All you have to do is, uh, one, love God, two, be, two, to be completely willing to give yourself to Christ and free focus on serving God to the end. I don't have a favorite Bible verse, but I believe everyone is special in their own way. Hey. That was a three-point sermon. That was really good, man. These youth got to get you preaching. All right, Lachlan, 
Have you believed in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And do you desire to live with him and for him for the rest of your life? I do. Awesome, Lachlan. Upon confession of your faith in Jesus, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, being buried with Christ and raised to new life. Honestly, it just makes me so proud of our kids' ministry and our youth ministry. And in the first service, we had a young adult that's gotten involved in young adults and was just impacted in a huge way. What a blessing to be a part of God's house. Amen. All right. Uh, Sarah Sharwa, come on up. <laughs> Give her a hand. All right. Amen. I didn't tell Sarah I was going to mention this, but Sarah and I were in Legal School in grade nine together. And so fast forward 20 years, and what a privilege to be able to baptize you today, Sarah. It's awesome. Amen. Well, you go ahead and share your testimony with us. Thank you. Uh, well, I just had to say really quick, I think it's really cool how we say, I do in our baptism as we do in our marriages. I think that's really cool. But anyway, um... I've always had an inkling of God and his existence as far back as I can remember, even though we were not regular church attendees. I didn't have much formal or consistent teaching growing up, and yet there was always a part of me that knew him in a sense. I had gone to church with my aunt as a little girl, and I even had spent some time in a Mormon church as a preteen, but that was really the extent of my places of worship and I definitely did not have God as my Lord and Savior. God has always felt so intangible and so far away from me. I had no true understanding of him or his character. I had no real relationship with him, and I most certainly did not feel loved by him. As a result of this, I grew up trying to control everything. Since I was a young girl, I had tried to avoid making mistakes and upsetting people, and I was constantly trying to fix any problems that came up. <laughs> um, peace and order were all that I was aiming for. So silly of me to think that comes from me. Anxiety became my constant companion. Fear led nearly every aspect of my life. And eventually at 14, depression decided to come along for the ride. I read this like two times without crying. <laughs> Ugh. Okay. I was lonely in unhealthy and unloving relationships, and I was broken. However, even in my brokenness, I was able to see that there was only one way I was ever going to fill that painful void inside of me, and I began my 10-plus year journey to discovering God. I even had some time in the Catholic Church, and I strayed many times through lack of understanding, through disillusionment, and trying to figure out everything on my own once again. Clearly, I had not yet grasped the concept of lean not on your own understanding. <laughs> Thank God for his grace and his mercies that renew every morning. I became a Christian just over two years ago as of inviting God to be my Lord and Savior. I've been learning about God 
reading and understanding the Bible as much as I can. And I had the gift of seeing Jesus in a way I truly understood through this series, The Chosen. I got to see Jesus represented in his humanness as well as his divinity. He was no longer untouchable. He was real. He loved, he hugged, he smiled. He probably had favorite foods. Um, But he was real. And I could finally see and understand his love for me in a way that I had never been able to before. I truly... I truly understood the sacrifice that he made for me. The perfect, spotless lamb for the broken and battered sinner. He took the punishment I deserved when he didn't deserve a moment of it. Oh, how he loves me. How he loves us. There's a reason I didn't put makeup on today. (laughs) It was then that I truly understood how I needed to give my life to him and let him lead. And just as a side note, I think it was our guest pastor, Pastor Ed. I hope I got that right. Um, It was actually your sermon on baptism that brought me here today. I've been considering this for over a year. And you looked right over there where I was sitting. I never sit there. And you're like, look in my eyes. And you're like, you've been wondering if God wants you to be water baptized. (laughs) He's like, I'm telling you, yes, he does. (laughs) And my friend's like hitting me on the leg. And there's a lady beside me. She's like, this is for you. And I was like, okay. Because I told God, I'm like, if you want me to baptize, like you literally need to smack me across the head or it's not going to happen. I got smacked and I signed up for baptism before I left the parking lot. So here we are. (laughs) Uh, He knows that I am not perfect, nor will I ever be on this earth. I will fail over and over again, but I will not give up. And he will never leave me or forsake me, just like he never will for any of you here. (sighs) Now I lost my spot. (laughs) How blessed are we to be loved so deeply. I used to be the one missing from the 99, and now I hope to bring the lost back home again too, however God sees fit for me to do so. I'm still learning to let go, but my fear has dwindled drastically. I have much more trust in God's plan than I ever did before, and I'm learning how to be rooted in my relationship with the Lord so deeply that nothing could send me blowing away in the wind again. My mind is renewing, my eyes are seeing in new ways, and my heart is learning to love as he calls us to love. Matthew 11:28 to 29 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest in your souls. Every day we get a choice. To be of this world or to simply be in this world. To choose ourselves or to choose him. Choose him every day, every minute, every second if you need to. But always choose him. He's already chosen you. We just need to let him in and let him lead. Growing in faith is one of the greatest gifts we can give ourselves and each other. Find someone to mentor you as you learn more, or perhaps be the mentor to the person who is looking to build their faith. Pray every day to the Lord who loves to hear your voice. Dig into the Bible, 
read it to understand it and get clarity for whatever you don't. God is in there waiting to speak to you and grow in relationship with you. You are not designed to do this alone. That is why God calls us into both discipleship and fellowship. John 13, 34 to 35 says, A new commandment I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you also must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. What greater gift of love can we give than to bring others closer and into a deeper relationship with God himself? I know I've shared a few Bible verses already. However, I'd love to close with this. John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you will have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Amen. It's amazing to see the Holy Spirit building line upon line and Sarah, just for you receiving that revelation of God's heart for you, his love for you, and just believing for greater revelations of his grace for you as you continue. Amen. Uh, Sarah, have you believed in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Do you desire to live with him and for him for the rest of your life? Yes. Upon confession of your faith, Sarah, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, being buried with Christ and raised to new life. What a testimony. Awesome. All right. Well, we have a husband-wife duo in this service. Last service, we had a mother-son. This time, husband and a wife. So uh, Jordan Miller, come on up. Give Jordan a hand as he comes. All right. And we are going to interview you. That's the way you wanted to do it. Awesome. This is Jordan Miller, everyone. Jessica is over there. Give us a wave, Jessica. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jordan, uh, what was your life like before you gave your life to God? Um, I grew up in a house where we were raised to believe in God, but were never given context or real information. I blindly and ignorantly believed, so when, life, when things in life got, got difficult, such as when I lost my mom and best friend within a short period of time, I would constantly use him as a scapegoat, lose myself in anger, and question whether he was real or not. I would blame him, and I lost my trust and faith in him. I first came to the church and support, to support Jessica through her journey. But each week, I found myself getting more and more excited to come to the church. <laughs> Pastor Peter strongly encouraged and bribed me with free childcare <laughs> to attend the Alpha course. Uh, through the Alpha course, I learned so much in a short period of time, and I was able to put, to put to bed any doubts or negative feelings I had towards God. It was able to replace those feelings with trust and admiration. <laughs> awesome, Jordan. Amen. Well, since accepting Christ, Jordan, what has changed and what has he been teaching you? Uh, the biggest lesson I've learned is to let go. Holding on to anger and frustration does nothing but poison yourself, and rather focus on the little things and be thankful for everything I have in my life. Life is an incredible gift that is given to us from God, and we need to live our lives to the fullest. I know that God has a plan for me, and every battle and every challenge he's thrown in my way has been a test. But I had to endure these tests and hardships to see the light. Awesome. 
So good. All right, this is your opportunity to preach. How can others in this room experience what you have? The biggest thing I learned is that you need to listen and open your heart. Trust those around you and always be honest with what you're feeling. You have to be brave and step out of your comfort zone because the reward is incredible. Pay attention and really feel the passion when people speak about their faith and what it has done for them. Awesome. Yeah. Amen. Awesome. Final question, Jordan. Share a favorite Bible verse with us. So I have Corinthians 4.18. So we fix our eyes on not what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, what is unseen is eternal. Amen. All right. Let's go back to you. So good. Amen. <laughs> no, you're awesome. All right, Jordan Miller. Have you believed in Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, and do you desire to live with him and for him for the rest of your life? I do. Amen. Upon confession of your faith, Jordan, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, being buried with Christ and raised to new life. Normally it's ladies first, but we thought if anybody should stand shivering next to the tank, well, you know, it should probably be Jordan and not Jessica, so. <laughs> Amen. Awesome. Jessica, welcome. Amen. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit more about what your life was like before you accepted Christ? Okay. Sorry, I'm really nervous. Um, I was raised in an atheist home with alcoholic parents there was a lot of anger and brokenness and I believed that if there was a God I would not have been abused and neglected I was angry at the world I suffered from severe depression and anxiety as a child and it worsened as I got older the result this resulted in suicide attempts and exhaustion and hopelessness the day my son was born was the day I realized that God was real on August 1st 2019 our first baby was born very sick. He had to be rushed to the children's hospital and the doctors weren't confident that he was gonna make it. During the most terrifying time of my life, all I could feel was peace and happiness and love. I was not afraid when the doctors told me he might not make it. I knew Jameson was going to survive. I know now that God was communicating this to me and God protected me that day and he saved my son's life. After this, I did not consider myself an atheist, but was still bitter with God about my childhood. My best friend would often invite me to church, and I would say, it's complicated, but I finally accepted her invitation. During the service, Pastor Greg explained that God was not egocentric. He did not need us to worship him. He, we worship him for ourselves. He also said it was okay to question God, and this shifted my understanding of Christianity and changed my life. So good, Jessica. Now, since coming into that relationship with Jesus, what has he been teaching you, and what's changed? What's he showing you? Um, I didn't understand how to have a relationship with God, 
but I started listening to worship music instead of my normal heavy metal. <laughs> I started reading the Bible. Um, I started attending church every Sunday, and I prayed daily, sometimes more than once. I joined Alpha. Uh, Peter encouraged us. And I also joined the Christian Mental Health Group, and I started talking to my friends about God. Today, my relationship with him is so strong because I commit my time to him. Um, I have learned that the voice inside my head telling me that I need to do more to be more and that I will never be good enough is a liar. I choose to look in the mirror and see myself the way that God sees me. I choose to believe God when he says, I am wonderfully made. I have unconditional love in my life the love that only our God can provide us, and it has made all the difference to me. I may not be completely healed from my past traumas, but I know that my future is bright. Amen. Amen. Awesome. <laughs> well, I believe your testimony is really touching people in the room right now, Jessica, but what else would you say just to encourage uh, somebody with what you've experienced in a relationship with Christ? Um, I would encourage everyone to commit your time to God. Um, talk to him, even if it feels really silly at first. Thank him for all the little things and thank him for the really big things. Um, ask him for help. Choose to live your life in partnership with God. Pray to him and ask him to take away your fears and your worries and replace them with peace and joy. It really works. <laughs> There is nothing our God can't do. Have faith that he has a plan for you and that he will use you. Sorry, he will use what you learned in your storm to help someone else through theirs. So good. Well All right, last question, Jessica. Do you have a favorite Bible verse to share with everyone? I have a lot of favorite Bible verses, um, but I picked this one. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, Fear not, I will help you. And this is Isaiah 41.13. You did awesome. Good job. Awesome. Amen. All right, well, Jessica Miller, you're a new creation. <laughs> Amen. Have you believed in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and do you desire to live with him and for him for the rest of your life? Yes, I do. Amen. Upon confession of your faith, Jessica, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, being buried with Christ Jesus and raised to a new life. Baptism candidate, Jason Fountain. Come on up, Jason. Give him a hand as he comes, church. All right. And while Jason just comes, I'll let you know uh, the Fountain family is uh, new to TFH Church. Actually just came to our 
welcome lunch pizza with the pastors last Sunday. It was just wonderful to get to know them. We have Jason, Marie, Jacob, and Emma. And the whole family's here to watch Dad be baptized today, so that's awesome. All right, Jason, share your testimony with us. Good morning. I'm not quite sure how this is going to go, but uh, I... Uh, a little bit about myself. I grew up in Ontario in a house that, uh, oh, nice. oh, sorry, I had both my parents and it was just your regular house. Uh, we went to church, but not on a regular basis. It was, my dad worked shift work, so it was hit and miss, kind of. Uh, when I was a, a kid uh, in school, I had a bad speech impediment and stutter, uh, which caused me to get teased and picked on and uh, kind of bullied so I wasn't the turn the other cheek kind of guy I was more of the eye for an eye kind of guy so that uh, also later on in my life that caused even more issues I guess you could say uh, where are we here so I didn't have a lot of love for myself and Myself, uh, I didn't think a lot of myself, I guess you could say. Uh, and then I met my wife, who was, excuse me, uh, she was born again already. So, being your typical male who found a beautiful woman, I agreed to become born again. Uh, <laughs> so, so I, uh, but at first, uh, I believed everything I heard and I read, but I didn't believe it for me, if that makes sense. I didn't feel worthier of love, uh, especially Jesus's love. Uh, you read, uh, he died on the cross for you and I believed it for everyone else not for me uh, so then uh, I started to read the word more and more uh, I like how you can read the Bible and each scripture means you can have 10 people read one scripture and you get 10 different things from it uh, I read uh, Matthew's 717 every good tree bears good fruit but a bad tree can't bear good fruit and a good tree is unable to bear bad fruit so I looked at my family and every time the enemy would put a lie in my head I just keep telling myself that and then I could st after a while I started to see that wasn't as bad as the enemy was telling me I was. Uh, and then once those doors opened, then I could believe the rest of the good stuff. Uh, so basically I stopped listening to the enemy's lies and I focused more on Jesus' words 
amazingly, my life seemed to get better, like not everything was a struggle anymore. I didn't listen to the lies anymore. And don't get me wrong, he still puts them in my head. He put them in this morning, even that I shouldn't be up here. I just don't listen to them anymore. now I see all the good in my life and all the good that Jesus has given me. Uh, and life gets easier. And your uh, journey gets easier. Uh, Christianity is kind of like a marathon. When people get born again, some people start at mile three. Some of us are still in the car on the way to the race. <laughs> So we, yeah, so, and that's a little bit of my story. Amen. And for anybody listening in the room or online that is saying, I feel unworthy. I don't feel good enough. I don't know if this is for me. I've made a lot of mistakes. I think Jason's testimony stands to reason that God loves you. He's for you. He's not against you. And he has nothing but the best for you. Amen? Come on in, Jason. Hallelujah. All right. Right. Well, Jason Fountain, have you believed in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and do you desire to live with him and for him for the rest of your life? Yes, I do. Upon confession of your faith, J Jason, in the Lord Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, being buried with Christ and raised to new life. Amen. Well, we decided to go guys first this time. And so Riley, come on up, Riley. Give him a hand as he comes. And I'll let you know, we have a, we have a mother and a son being baptized together today. So Riley's the son and the Cora's coming up next. This is Riley, everybody. Yeah, give him a wave. He's getting comfortable up here, feeling good. Awesome. And Riley's uh, been going to young adults. Yeah, I heard he was just at McDonald's with our young adults the other day, so that's a good thing. Awesome. With Skylar. All right. So, uh, Riley, we're just going to interview you now. Um, what was your life like before you gave your life to God? Maybe talk about that for a moment. Uh, I, I moved around a lot. Um, I, I used to live in BC at my father's house, and... Um, 
uh, had had some tough times, and I just felt like when I got older, I got introduced to God more and felt more fit in. And yeah. You found family. You found a relationship. Amen, brother. Awesome. Well, since coming into just that fitting in and that family and that relationship with God and his people, what's changed for you? Like, what have you learned and what has God been teaching you, Riley? friends, family, coming coming to church with family, I just feels good in the heart and I just feel like I'm fitting fit in doing this and you know. <laughs> awesome. There's a great theme of just relationship with people. So I love that about your testimony, Riley. So for others that, you know, are feeling alone or disconnected and haven't found that relationship with people, what would you say to encourage them? Um, reading the Bible every night. Um, you know. right now I don't but okay. I I have been reading it lots lately though and yeah just yeah <laughs> doing awesome. yeah so good it's not easy to talk in front of a whole bunch of people everyone but Riley says he's getting into the word of God I was in front of a classroom I would have trouble speaking and you know just saying some stuff and yeah. Hey, you're doing awesome, Riley. Awesome. Let's give him a hand. I think he did a great job. Amen. Amen. And there's so much more to come, Riley. There's many more young adult nights, church services, and spending time with the Lord. And so baptism is a great first step on your journey of faith, buddy. Amen. We should try a polar dip outside, though, sometime, shouldn't we, hey? Yeah, it might be fun. <laughs> All right, Riley, have you believed in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and do you desire to live with him and for him for the rest of your life? I do. Upon confession of your faith, Riley, in the Lord Jesus, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, being buried with Christ and raised to new life. Good job, Riley. Well done, buddy. Well done. Amen. And I'll tell the church family, this is kind of the dream as a church to see generations of people baptized. We have, um, you know, somebody 
who has young adult children that was just baptized, Jason. We have a young adult being baptized. Next service, we have a youth being baptized. The generations are being baptized today, so it's awesome. All right, Mom, you're up. So proud of your boy. He did a good job. She wanted to see how he did it first, so yeah, he did pretty good. Come on up, Cora. Give her a hand as she comes. All right, Cora. Well, why don't you share your testimony with us? Hello, I'm Cora. Hi. So my life before had had no meaning or a sense of belonging. Um, I did not grow up in a Christian home. I was introduced to God in my 20s by my sister, Bonnie. Uh, I attended a few churches, one in Edmonton and the other one in BC. And then moving here to Mournville, being here at the Father's house, believing that God and Jesus is in me and that I can get through any insecurities and sins that I face through believing Jesus is my savior and he's awesome. Uh, I have two handsome sons um, my other son, unfortunately, couldn't be here today. And um, a beautiful daughter, Nova. She's right over there. And, and uh, I believe that they have, that I am a strong mom and that I can do whatever I can do without fear and anxiety because I know that Jesus is in me and will always be in me. Um, just don't believe any of the enemy's lies. Uh, if you, there's two Bible quotes that I really like. Uh, Joshua 1, verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord is with you wherever you go. And then Matthew, uh, verse 6, 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, um, and 34, therefore I tell you, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough troubles of its own. Yes, yeah. and that's it. That's awesome. That's Good it. job, Cora. Yeah. Well done. Amen. Amen. And what an awesome example to your boys. And to little Nova, she's got the cutest little redhead daughter. Adorable. So cute. Come on up. And they're proud of you, Mom. It's good to have Bonnie, and Bob, and the whole family here with you today. So, yeah. And just the example and the leadership that you've had in your sister's life, Bonnie, it's beautiful. Awesome. Cora, have you believed in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and do you desire to live with him and for him for the rest of your life? I do. Upon confession of your faith, Cora, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, being buried with Christ and raised to new life.
And good news is they're both soaking wet, so baptism's one of those times where you kind of want to get the other person wet when you give them a hug, you know? So, yeah, awesome. All right. Well, lastly, we have Tracy Miras. Come on up. Tracy. Woo! And what a journey Tracy has been on. She took soul care in our church last year. She took the Alpha film series this year. And now you're assisting with leading Alpha online with Betty this year. So awesome, Tracy. Why don't you share your testimony with us? Thank you. So life before I gave my life to God. I was brought up and baptized Catholic, went to church some Sundays. I physically attended, but I did not know God. I struggled in difficult times, suffered a lot of deep loss in our family, losing three cousins at young age, and began to question if there even was a God. I never really felt like I was uh, fit in. I was bullied out of Catholic school, which led to a lot of shame-based self-talk, which I knew now was the enemy. I know he's the father of lies, and he's so sneaky that he can take what's the truth and put a twist on it and you start to believe a lie. It's self-sabotage, low self-worth. I felt broken and alone. I was choosing the gate that was wide, which led to destruction, temptation, people-pleasing, and living a life for worldly things. I began to carry burdens of sin and shame, not living the life that I was intended to, asking myself, who am I? I gave my life to Jesus eight years ago. I started coming to the Father's house. Um, after feeling hopelessness coming out of a second failed relationship. But I continued to walk, a mediocre, lukewarm, half in, half out, and allowed the enemy again to come in like a lion, to kill, steal, and destroy. I then knew I needed to get serious and start to armor up. The enemy started to use my children, watching them struggle and suffer. I knew I had to do some deep inner soul healing. That's what started soul care for me. I didn't know what it was, but it was definitely all I can explain it. It was like a peeling of an onion. Each layer burned more and more than the last. This led to the de my deliverance session in October, which is completely on like I had no idea it was going to happen. It was transforming. For the first time in my life, I felt different. I felt changed, and I felt set free from soul ties. I felt peace, love, and joy, and a sense of belonging, forgiveness and repentance, and trusting the Lord with all my heart. John 3:16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Since accepting Christ, what has changed? Literally everything. My question of who I am is now in the Word. I know who I am. I am worthy of love. I'm a child of God, and I'm a new creation. The old is gone, and the new is here. I would love to be able to help others experience this. As a believer, I only want to take this opportunity to join in relationship with the Lord to be able to experience the love and eternal promises that each one of us can have. He provides peace that surpasses all in any understanding. In Matthew 11:28 to 30, Jesus invites us, Come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart, 
and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. What a great invitation. If you're exhausted, plagued, feared, anxiety and control, you're feeling alone, I encourage you to seek. Matthew 7, verse 7 says, Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. There's so many opportunities here in the Father's house. Ministries are just amazing. Um, and it wasn't until I just had to surrender everything uh, to feel the, the salvation. My, Bible, my favorite Bible verses change daily. Um, my favorite has always been, I am the truth, the way, and the life. But Psalm 139, 20, 23, verse 24 resonates. says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts, and see if there may be any hurtful way in me, and lead me to everlasting life. But that's not all. God wants to use us. We are the solution for the world. Colossians 1, 27, Christ is in hope in, of glory. In John 5, 15, if a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Because greater is he who is in me than he is in the world. It's a partnership, a relationship. Matthew 7, verse 14, I now no longer chose the wide. I, the gate is now small and the way is narrow that, ex, that leads to life and there are few who find it. I think the biggest thing that changed for me is just people, <laughs> relationship. Because now God shows up everywhere. In Costco, at the dentist, at the hockey arena, at church. And I'm just so thankful for that and the relationships that I've encountered. Thank you to all my friends and family that have showed up. Love you all. And we haven't even heard Pastor Greg's sermon yet. I think we got a great message. That was awesome, Tracy. Thank you for sharing. And what I love about Tracy is everything that God has done to her, it's going through her. It's impacting the lives of other people. And what a testimony, Tracy, to your family and your friends and others in this church. We're so proud of you. Tracy, have you believed in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And do you desire to live with him and for him for the rest of your life? Yes, I do. Upon confession of your faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, being buried with Jesus and raised to new life with him. The easiest preaching moment of my life is to follow things like that. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, uh, you heard the story of these amazing candidates, people that have walked through the door that is named Jesus, and they've walked into a new relationship with God, and that invitation stands for all of us. But let me tell you a little bit about this Jesus and this door that they've walked through. In the Bible, in John chapter 10, it's going to come up on the screen. You can read along or watch, listen as I read. 
So Jesus said again, I assure you, most solemnly, I tell you that I myself am the door for the sheep. All others who came as such before me are thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to and obey them. I am the door. Anyone who enters in through me will be saved, will live. He will come in and go out and freely find pasture. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that they might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. Well, what is Jesus the door or the portal or the gate or the entrance into? Well, first and foremost, he is an entrance into life with God. You see, Jesus is like a living gate, a living doorway, and he is inviting people to say, if you want to have a relationship with God, you cannot have that outside of having a relationship with me. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no man or woman comes to the Father except through me. And so we have this Jesus, that's this living gate that's inviting us into life with God. If I had more time to explain that, I would explain how because of his work on the cross, because of his death and his resurrection, it has opened a door for mankind to come into a relationship with God. And that's part of what we need to understand. Hebrews 10 tells us this, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and a living way open to us through the curtain that is his body. Somehow Jesus' death opens up a portal or a gateway for you and I to come into relationship with God. And when we understand that he died in order to take away the sin, the thing in your life and my life that separated us from God, then that makes more sense. We begin to understand that we don't have it in and of ourselves to have a relationship with God, but we need somebody to intercede or a Savior to work on our behalf. You know, I grew up Catholic, and um, I always knew about God, but I really did not know how to have a relationship with God. I remember in grade six, I had a, a, a born-again Catholic teacher who was teaching us about God. And uh, she would often start the day by the power of praise and worship, and she'd teach us about praise and worship. I'm not kidding you. I mocked this poor woman because I was that bad kid in the classroom, okay? I was terrible. But then I would go home and try and do what she told us to do. I, it's horrible. So even your worst enemies sometimes are the ones that God's working on the most, just so you know that. Anyway, so I, I, I kind of had this encounter with God in grade six, and it was just incredible. It was amazing, but I didn't know how to grow it. I didn't know how to mature it. And so even though I was pursuing God at a young age, it really quickly began to dis be displaced and to be removed because I had no foundation of understanding I needed to come to Jesus and have a relationship with him. I just was kind of crying out to God, and so grade seven and on, I just started to drift away, and I didn't really know what had happened to me or what I had experienced, and so I kind of went through life just like, well, God's out there, but I don't know how to get to Him, and so that was kind of my journey. 
Which led me to the second reason Jesus is the door. He's the door to salvation. He said, I am the door. Anyone who enters through me will be saved. That word means delivered, protected, healed, and made whole. It describes someone who's recovering from a severe illness, coming through a bad storm, surviving a war, but was acquitted in court. Jesus comes into the world, you guys, as the good shepherd, and he comes to lead people to a place of salvation, a place of hope, a place of deliverance for your life and for mine. We heard that in many of the testimonies this morning of how their life was broken, how their life had so many things that were wrong, and yet God came in, took them right where they were at, and began the work of healing power and presence within them. He's the power of God for the salvation and for deliverance. He comes to take broken people and to make them whole. People who are captive to abusive or broken relationship. People who are captive to sin and all of its fruit. People who are living maybe in despair and bondage or past failures, doubts and fears. I love this about Jesus. He not only comes and saves us from our sins, you guys, but he saves us from the effects of sin. The Bible says that Jesus has come to undo or to loosen off the works of the devil. And so those things in your life that you're needing deliverance from, that you're needing hope from, this is the starting point. Jesus is offering you salvation. Amen? He's saying, come just as you are. You don't have to fix anything. Come just as you are and enter in through the door that is named Jesus. So I went through my life, my teen years, I kind of drifted. I knew there was a God. I didn't know how to have a relationship with him. And then I kind of went on that journey. And my sister-in-law, who's here today, uh, said, I have become a born-again Christian. And I thought, cult, cult freak. What's going on in my sister-in-law's life? And so I I said, well, I'm going to go to this thing. She invited me to her baptism like this. So I said, I'm going to go. I'm going to help her get free from this cult she's now part of. And uh, so I go to the church, and these people start sharing their story like you heard. And suddenly something is happening in me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Literally, I, I heard God just spoke to my heart and said, it is me. And all of a sudden, I'm going to tell you, this holy presence came over me. And I felt like a black dot on a white page in the midst of 700 people in this church. And I was like, oh my gosh. And of course, I came to church to go to her baptism. And so you sit in the front row because it's the best seats. I'm a concert going guy. I understand this stuff. And then this preacher starts preaching right at me. I'm going to make sure I don't point at too many of you. But he pointed right at me. And he said, young man, the Spirit of God is on your life. My brother, who was not saved, started to move away down the seat. He's inching away as I'm alone with the old preacher who's got literally like a grasshopper hanging out of his mouth, like locusts, like this guy was old school, you know? Just kidding, he didn't. I just thought he did. But you follow what I'm saying? So I'm in this service, and I'm suddenly like I'm having a moment where God is knocking on my heart. He's knocking on my heart. And he's saying, won't you open the door and let me in? And so that was where I was at in that moment where salvation 
was knocking on my heart. I said yes to Jesus in that moment. I'll tell you a little bit about that in a minute. But my life began to change, and this is the third thing that Jesus is a door to, and that's life abundant. The scripture said the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy, but I came that they might have enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. You know, that word means super abundant in quality and superior in quality. Amen? Quantity. Super abundant in quantity and superior in quality. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ask or think or imagine. My life took a change that day. Just before my 21st birthday, when I opened my heart to Jesus, I opened the door, I walked through the door with Him, and God began to change my life. I began to experience peace and blessing, strength through lives, storms, perspective and perseverance, purpose. You see, because I began to understand in my young life, I had already walked through a lot of different doors. Even though I was only 20 years old, I had already tried a lot of things. I had already gone down different roads. And those roads and those doors promised me life, but they brought only death, only discouragement, only brokenness, only bondage. And here I was going through this new door, and I had gone through so many doors that came to rob me of my life, and that's what Jesus warned. He said, all that came before me were thieves and robbers who've come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. You know, the word kill is an amazing word. It means to remove people from their purpose. How many of you know that, maybe you don't, the greatest purpose of life is to come into a relationship with God? It's actually, this is the entire, like once you've done that, everything else is gravy from there. No matter what happens to you from that point. You've come into the very meaning and purpose of life. Some of you here today, God is knocking on your heart right now. You're like, I just came to see her get baptized. What are you, why are you pointing at me? I, I'm not pointing at you. The Holy Spirit's pointing at you. I'm not even looking at you, but God is looking at you. <laughs> right? It's just, I understand that. I was that guy. I was sitting in the front row. I know. I know who you are. It's amazing to think that God tries to, re, or, you know, God leads us to purpose. And that's what shifted for me in my whole trajectory of my life. I was working in electronics. I was, I was in computer sciences. I, I, I was going that direction. And God said, no, I have a calling on your life and a purpose for you. You're going into ministry. Okay. Changed my life. My life hasn't been easy, but it's been good. Amen? That's what it is. You know, the word destroy means exactly what it says, to utterly and fully destroy, but it's in contrast to salvation, which means to utterly make whole. When you come to Jesus and go through the door that is Christ, He begins the journey of deliverance and making you whole. That's His job. And He walks with you through all of life, and that's what He wants you to know. I'm going to give you a couple quick truths about Jesus being a door. Here's the first thing you need to know. If you're going to open this door, if you're going to walk through this door, and some of you need to today, some of you need to today, he's a street-level door. <laughs> That's not a small thing. You know what a street-level door means? When you are lying in the gutter, the door is there. He's right where you are. 
He doesn't say, see, religion says climb up, do these things, and then you'll be okay with God. No, no, no. Jesus is a street-level door, and he comes right down to us in the gutter of our life sometimes, and he says, I'm right here. How many know that's good news? That is good news. See, this street-level door is open to you. And he doesn't, you know, he doesn't promise like the world promises. See, John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled, and do not be afraid. You know, and how many have ever, like, um, have you understood that there are other doors that are always beckoning you to go through? But it's kind of like, I call it the destination disease. If I go through that and get to the other side, finally I'm going to get what I've always been looking for. And, and there's always this promise of the grass is always greener on the other side. Anybody ever had that? It's usually because it's growing on a septic tank, just so you know. I didn't know if you knew that, but that's why it's greener, okay? Just a little warning. You know, if you arrive there, then you're going to be happy, and you go through that door, and suddenly, like, there's no life there. Has anybody ever gone through a door like that? I've gone through lots of doors like that. You know, you're single. If you need to get married, everything's going to be okay. You know, you're on a different journey now. <laughs> you're married, just get divorced, then everything will be okay. No, that's not the answer either, right? You're poor, just get rich. Mm, no, that doesn't work either. You're ugly, get a facelift. No, don't. <laughs> it's not going to help. You're already beautiful is what I meant by that, not that it's not going to help. <laughs> what did you read then to that? <laughs> Guys, listen, he's a street-level door. He's a street-level door. Stop the destination disease. Stop trying to fix it. If I just go through it, if I just have this, if I just experience that, if I have a new relationship, no. Jesus is right where you're at, and he says, I've come to you to give you life right now. Okay, so that's first thing. He's an open door. <laughs> He's an open door. You know, so many of us see the promised land, but we can't get there because the door seems shut, and that's like religion. Religion says, if you just work harder, if you just try more, but the harder I tried and the more I worked, I'm going to tell you, it didn't work. There had to be a better way. And it was an open door. I love this quote from C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis in his book called Surprised by Joy, which talks about his conversion, talks about the journey as an atheist of him, God unrelentingly pursuing him. And so this is, listen to what he says. You must picture me alone in the room in Magdalen College. He's in Oxford right now. He's a professor. Night after night, feeling whenever my mind lifted, even for a second from my work, the steady, unrelenting approach of him whom I earnestly desired not to meet. <laughs> that which I greatly feared had last come upon me. In the Trinitarian term of 1929, I gave in, and I admitted that God was God, and knelt and prayed. Perhaps that night, the most rejected and reluctant convert in all of England. <laughs> Can you imagine? It's like, I, anything but you, God. And everywhere he turned, God was there. Everywhere he turned. And finally he gave in and made a decision to follow Jesus. What an incredible thing. So church, Jesus is a street-level door, but he's also an open door, and he's beckoning for people, even in this room and even online right now, to come in, to walk through the door. It's your choice. But here's the thing you need to understand, and C.S. Lewis needed to understand. He's a narrow door. Listen to what Matthew 7.13 says. 
Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and spacious and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many are those who enter through it. But the gate that is narrow, contracted by pressure, and the way is straightened and compressed that leads away to life, and few are those who find it. You see, pressure has come, church, to strip away and to press on us. And these things are meant to be these frustrations of life. You know, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that all of creation has been subjected to frustration by the will of the Creator in order that we would turn to God. You know, sometimes you have hard things that happen in your life and you hate them, and I get it. But if it cause you to go to God, then they're good things. Nobody wants that stuff. But it leads us, the narrow door, the narrow way, these frustrations that we go through. You know, sometimes we find things hard to let go of, don't we? Our self-righteousness. I'm good enough. I'm good enough for God. Maybe our worldly, our selfish pursuits. But He's a street-level door. He's an open door, and He's a narrow door. Okay, remember I'm telling you about the guy who's preaching right at me? The old guy's literally pointing right at me. I'm literally feeling the pressure of heaven. Okay, and and I'm going to tell you the craziest thing that's going through my mind, okay? This is going to sound hilarious. I had a massive record collection. Records, kids, are things that used to go, they're plastic, (laughs) and they make music when you put a needle on them. I know, it sounds crazy. But I had this great album collection, And I'm sitting there, and this guy's pointing at me and asking me if I want to get saved. And I'm thinking to myself, it's crazy. I may have to give up some of my record. You see, I was a heavy metal lover. Uh, Jessica's not back yet? No? Okay. So, you know, I'm thinking of my Black Sabbath albums. I'm thinking of Judas Priest. I'm thinking of all these albums that I have. This is my argument with God, literally. As this guy's preaching at me, like, I don't, I'm not giving up my albums. <laughs> and the Lord's like, Greg, Black Sabbath is not going to get you there, man. You need a new Sabbath. You need a new rest. I'm like, oh, Judas Priest, I'm going to make you a priest. Come on now. <laughs> and, and then finally, I'm like, I give up. And in that moment, boom, God came in. the narrow road. I couldn't bring my bag of records with me. Are you following what I'm saying? It wasn't that the records, it's what they represented. And so I had to let them go. Whatever that was. It's different for all of you, by the way, the baggage that we try to bring with us. But I'm going to tell you the greatest thing. No matter what you give up in this life, when you follow God, He replaces it with something a thousand times better. (laughs) Amen? Amen. Lastly, he's a low door. He's street level, he's open, he's narrow, but he's low. Pride is no way to get in. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. A beautiful, sweet brokenness is what God requires of us. I love Micah 6.8. It's one of my favorite verses. He says, He has shown you, O man, what is good, What does the Lord require of you? 
to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. The band's going to come back, but you know why that verse is one of my favorite verses? Because I read it once, and I realized that in order to walk with God, I had to humble myself because He was already so humble. God is so humble. He's not trying to dictate or control your life. He's trying to give you life. Amen? And so Greg Fraser had to realize that to get to where God was, he actually had to humble himself because God was already there. It wasn't that God was sitting in a superior place saying, humble yourself before me. He was actually below saying, come where I am. A place of humility and a place of brokenness, a place of service and a place of love and a place of surrender. And so this is the invitation to each one of us here today. Church, my friends, Jesus is the door to life with God, a life of salvation, a life of abundance, a life of joy and peace and hope and community. Yes, also a life of suffering, but a life where you are no longer alone, that God is with you and God is for you. Amen? Thanks for joining us. For more of our messages and information on our ministries, you can visit tfhchurch.ca. Have a great week.